And welcome back in. This is Wake Up Memphis. Steve Gill filling in for Ben Dieter. He'll be back tomorrow, just a little under the weather today. Todd Starnes, the boss, joining us uh, in studio to make sure that I'm uh, riling up the uh, Memphis community uh, sufficiently. Oh, I need to correct you about something. My name now is LeBron, LeBron Starnes. Yeah, you so get your you get cha- your share. I'm getting my share. I, I'm changing my, my name and my skin color. I'm self-identifying. <laughs> you can identify. That's it. Show me the money, Brittany Thornton. I, I still think the, uh, the whole identification thing is, I, I was talking with Jordan in the last segment, if white privilege is such a deal, why do people not identify as white? I mean, President Obama was half white, half black. He was the first black president. Uh, you have uh, Elizabeth Warren wants to identify as an Indian. She's not. If white privilege is such a big deal, why aren't people just pretending to be white? Well, there's a bigger issue here. So $5 million of our tax money, are they going to be using the tax money from white people and black people or only white taxpayers to fund this? Because, again, if you're funding, I mean, if this is all about oppression, would you not be offend or oppressing the black taxpayers by forcing them to put the bill for this. And what if you're an actual black person who moved to the U.S., say, in the last 20 years from Africa, from Europe, from anywhere in the do you, what, what legacy are we repaying you for when you weren't even here and your family wasn't here? It's a great question, and we've got to put this in context, Steve. All right, we one of the one of the commissioners was going on about how you know his grandpa was saying, oh, you know, the reason why blacks don't read the newspapers is because back in the day, if a black person was caught reading the newspaper, they would be killed. Well, okay, so let's talk about that. Let's start doing the math, and that's the problem. People aren't doing the math here. So this guy is 30, 35 years old. All right, that we're taking you back to the 1990s. So you're telling me that in the 1990s in the United States of America, blacks were being murdered simply for reading the newspaper. Is that what they're telling us now? That, that's kind of an interesting view of history. Even in 1919, I, I don't know that that was happening. Or the fact that here we are, 2023, and they're saying young people are still being oppressed in America. I want to see this oppression that they're talking about. Well, in Memphis uh, City Schools, Memphis uh, Shelby County Schools, some of the highest per student spending in the state and the worst results. So it's not a money deal. No, no, it's not. As a matter of fact, and, and this is another important thing to remember, this is a city that has been controlled by Democrats for generations. Even back to when I was born, 1967, we've been controlled by Democrats. And in modern history, we've been controlled by an overwhelming number of blacks in politics. So, I mean, it's a majority-minority city, but it is an overwhelming majority of blacks who control this, this city. So if they want to turn around, and I appreciate you pointing out the fact, you know, when she was saying that, uh, you know, the, the, that uh, she was triggered by the whiteness and that black people are being killed. Who's doing the killing? This, there is so much black-on-black crime here. Nobody wanted to talk about that, even in the district attorney's race, when Amy Weirich should have made the argument that she was standing up for justice for black Memphians uh, to push back against these accusations that she was a racist. Well, and, and the biggest victims of black crime in Memphis are black people. That's right. That's and yet right. there and that there's not the outrage again. Al Sharpton's not complaining about that. You're not seeing the black pastors uh, talk about that, demand better uh, parental involvement. You've got huge uh, levels of of fatherless black families where again, these these fifteen year olds that are out committing crimes, you know, the carjackings, the the car break ins, the the shootings, th- this is where there's no father in the home uh, and more importantly, I think that you know when you don't have um, dads 
in the community. The reason you're having 15, 16-year-old black girls getting pregnant is because there's not a black dad who's going to kick some young man's butt if he starts trifling with his daughter it's a it's a great point and and i you know i'd like to hear like that word trifling that's kind of trifling is trifling is (laughs) yes that is a throwback you're quite the wordsmith steve dill you know i'd love to hear from kwam listers about this because it's ultimately their money that's being used here Uh, 901-260-5926 do you believe that black citizens in Memphis and Shelby County should be getting reparations, 901-260-5926. And, and when, when's the cutoff deadline? Was it if you were already living in Memphis before they voted last night, do you qualify as a black in Memphis? Or if I move in next week to get the money, do I still qualify for the money? It's a great question. I mean, and you, if look, if, if I'm living in Little Rock or Nashville and I'm hearing word that, hey, I could get reparations if I move to Memphis, you could see the city population double or, or triple. Well, not even just with P.O. boxes. We saw that with TenCare years ago uh, when we were giving away high-priced drugs for people on TenCare. People from all over the country, particularly with AIDS and, and uh, HIV, we're getting a P.O. box in Tennessee to get $10,000 a month drugs. They didn't even move here. They just came here to get the free drugs, the free money under 10 care. Uh, could we see the same thing happen in Shelby County where I just get a P.O. box? I qualify as, quote, living in Memphis. What if I'm homeless in Memphis and I'm black? Do I get my black check? I loved what Jordan Carpenter said. We need to stop with the oppression Olympics. Uh, People are not being oppressed in Memphis, Tennessee. People are not being oppressed in, in America. And unfortunately, there are a lot of people out there, and Al Sharpton comes to mind, and this is how they make their living. Uh, They come into cities, they try to divide us. As a matter of fact, an argument could be made that the policies of Black Lives Matter and defund the police are ultimately what led to the death of Tyree Nichols. When When you, again, you defunded the police department, you're not giving them the resources you need, and they lowered the standards for what it took to be a police officer in this city. When you have a white reporter in Orlando uh, covering a black-on-black murder, who then gets murdered by a young black man who is smirking as he's let off. Where's Al Sharpton protesting? Do all lives matter? Do just black lives matter? Does just the black uh, victims of that black shooter matter? Or does the white woman who was murdered matter? And Steve, I know there are people driving into work right now. They're cringing every time we mention the race. But it's important. We're playing their game now. They're the one that set the rules. You ha- you know, race matters. Well, if race is going to matter when there's a white on black crime, then it has to matter when there's a black on white crime. So if they want to if they want to change the rules of the game, we're happy to play that way. And again, we don't believe that race should matter. We we believe that we should be judging people by the content of their character. But that's not how the race agitators want to treat this anymore. Well, they have to divide us to advance their own political ideology, their own profiteering. Uh, Al Sharpton doesn't benefit if he's not given speeches at at some uh, throw fuel on the fire racist event. And and I'll look give you a great example. Uh, they don't consider Officer Jeffrey Red, the uh, police officer, Memphis police officer who was killed in the line of duty. Yesterday on this program, we had Frank Colvett Jr., who was running for mayor. He said only two council members even knew the officer's name. So his life clearly doesn't matter to members of the Memphis City Council. I didn't hear anybody at the commission meeting talking about Officer Where's Red. the GoFundMe for his family? Right, exactly. Why aren't we talking about him? Because he his life doesn't matter. 901-260-5926, the number. 
Uh, are you ready for your tax dollars to be given to someone based on race, based upon the enslavement of their ancestors 175 years ago? And if, uh, and I know there's not that many in Memphis, but if, if your heritage was Union soldiers versus Confederate soldiers, 300,000 of which died to freed slaves, do, do the white folks whose ancestors served in the Union Army get a share of the money? It's a, look, these are all valid questions. I mean, seriously, and and trust me, they're saying what's it? What's the big deal? Five million dollars. Okay, the five million dollar study is going to lead to what? A hundred, two hundred, three hundred million dollars that they will want to to redistribute and uh, repatriate to these uh, to, to to who I don't know because no one no one living today has been a slave. Well, and they're trying to defend saying that it may go to programs instead of to people. How many trillions of dollars has the U.S. spent on programs to help advance things in our inner cities, in our urban communities, midnight basketball and other uh, huge expenditures? Oh, I and, about that. and how much benefit has that yeah. brought? It's a great question. To that point, there's a shocking story that was in the local news. An 11-year-old was arrested nine times, charged with 19 felonies in a little over two months. This is unbelievable. So why was the kid, and again, this goes back to the problem here. Uh, they they want to open up the jails. They want to open up the prisons, even juvenile hall. And that's a big problem in, in this community right now. Uh, they're, and they're, they're blaming this all on, on racism. Well, and you've got, I think it was the police chief this week, focused on the fact that, that crime with carjackings and car break-ins, mainly being committed by juveniles in, in Memphis, has, has skyrocketed like 130% in just the last six months to a year. Th- that is not because white folks in Collierville are driving into inner-city Memphis and breaking into cars. No, and they're not. And, and I'm not going to p- pick it on Collierville. We'll say Germantown. Germantown, yeah, great. My neighborhood, yeah. Well, look, we've been the victim. Look, and the problem is the crime is spilling over now. So, I mean, Germantown is Can no- we say bleeding? Yeah. Can we say bleeding over? You can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. It's- Steve, this is not NPR. This is not corporate radio, you know, so you can you can say what's, what's on your mind. And, and th- you know, that's been the problem here, I think, in, in Memphis is that people haven't had the outlet where they could feel comfortable talking about these issues. Uh, in many cases, you're not allowed to talk about these issues. But I think we have to talk about these issues on the radio, especially when you have an elected county commissioner who is clearly a racist woman. You know, the, uh, the communication on this isn't just us to you. It's you to us. Uh, 901-260-5926. I know a lot of folks are waking up this morning hearing what we're talking about going, what are you talking about? I didn't hear anything about it because the commercial appeal and others haven't been actually pushing this out into your face. So folks waking up today are going, what do you mean they voted to put reparations uh, you know, to, to black people in Memphis? What are you all talking about? Well, we're talking about what the commission did last night. When we come back, can you hang on for the sure. last segment? Yeah. Todd Starnes is going to hang on with us. When we come back, we're going to let you hear from one of the black county commissioners, uh, Ms. Thornton, who very articulately expressed her racism when she said one of the other commissioners, uh, whiteness, uh, triggers her. She was talking about Amber Mills. We're going to let you hear that when we come back. And we want to hear from you. Are you ready to have your taxpayer, your tax dollars, go to pay people for simply being black in Memphis, not Hispanic, not white, not Asian, not mixed? Apparently, you got to be full black to get the money. Is that a good use of taxpayer dollars? 901-260-5926. This is Wake Up Memphis. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, I've been in and out um, of this conversation, and um, I just want to own that the conversation at hand 
though it's steeped in racial identity, you know, there are just some basic just social justice elements to it that we all should be sensitive to. You know, today has been a really um, polarized day, but I, I don't think that though some of us in our delegation have never lived a single day as a black person, though some people in our delegation have never lived a single day as a poor black person, that that should prohibit you from being able to see a clear opportunity to right some ills. And all day today, I have been pointing out how the practices of our government are disenfranchising a certain subgroup of our population, which happens to be the majority here. And I just think that when you see phenomenons like this that just should not make sense, that show a clear imbalance, that um, we should do our due diligence to try to right those wrongs. So to Commissioner Mills, I own the fact that today your whiteness triggered me because it is actually an identity that I recognize postures you differently from me. It comes with privileges that I simply just do not have. And every single day that you get to go in one direction and I get to go to Orange Mound, I notice, I notice the differences in what those experiences are. And I bring those experiences here to say that if I'm triggered, I mean, it just is what it is, right? And if this type of reparation conversation needs to start, um, unfortunately, in 2023, then it just needs to start, which it should have already done, because on my way here, I looked on the wall and I saw the very first picture of an exclusive delegation of white men on the wall for 1962. So it took some time for us to even get here to be able to create this space. Had our predecessors valued it, then it would have been created a long time ago. That's uh, Commissioner Thornton uh, with her racist comments last night uh, being triggered by white Commissioner Amber Mills, and uh, uh, I would hate to break it to her because she apparently is clueless about history, but the reason you had all those white folks running Memphis back then is because Memphis was a Democrat-dominated city. All those white guys were Democrats. All the white guys wearing Klan robes were Democrats. All those Confederate soldiers you know, fighting to keep slavery were Democrats. Al Gore's daddy voting against the Civil Rights Act was a Democrat. Uh, Commissioner Thornton, if you're upset, uh, why are you a Democrat? Uh, the number is 901-260-5926. Todd Starn, Steve Gill here in studio, and Susan in East Memphis is on the line. Hey, Susan, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Great job this morning, Steve. Thank you. And Todd. Uh, missing Ben. Hope you're feeling better, Ben. Um, I, I was just going to ask if y'all would mind taking a couple of minutes and listing the particular, each commissioner and how he or she voted on this uh, reparations bill last night. That's a great question. And uh, real quickly, uh, now, when the voting was in progress last night, I got seven, three, and two abstentions. And then this morning, uh, I think the commercial appeal reported that it ended up eight, three, and one. Um, So I'm not sure who switched from abstain, but the the no's were Commissioner Mills, uh, Commissioner Wright, and Commissioner Morrison, uh, you had two initially vote to abstain, Commissioner Bradford and Commissioner Watley or Whaley. One of them must have flipped to a yes vote. And and Bradford, by the way, in case all you Republicans out there are wondering, he is, in fact, a Republican. So you had a Republican on the commission who abstained from voting for, for this. And we're not quite sure why. Uh, maybe you folks would want to call uh, the commissioner and ask him. We've reached out, and if he responds to us, we'll let you know. 
and I will say this, um, my, I would say congratulations for Commissioner Mills and Morrison because they took a very bold position. And as a matter of fact, Commissioner Morrison uh, said that reparations was un-American. And I say good for you, Commissioner. Uh, she told it like it was yesterday. Now, the vice chair, um, uh, Clay Bibbs, Lowry, the chairman, all the other commissioners voted yes. You heard Commissioner Thornton with her very articulate expression of racism that white people apparently trigger her. Uh, earlier, we heard uh, uh, Commissioner Sugarman uh, commenting that uh, you know the Japanese who were interred during uh, World War II got reparations. The the victims of the Holocaust got uh, reparations, not from America. They got them, I think, from Germany. But those were actual victims. And unless uh, any of these commissioners or their family or friends were enslaved themselves and somehow it's been kept secret over the last 175 years or so, they haven't been victims. Nobody's been enslaved. Nobody's enslaved in the last several hundred years. Susan, real quick, where do you stand on this? <laughs> I- I'm very disappointed in our county commission. Uh, it doesn't seem like a very good plan to me. There are so many other ways that we need to be looking at spending money and helping our entire county. And, and you know, unfortunately, this extends to the entire metro Memphis area, which goes to Arkansas and Mississippi and, west, you know, further out in west in east, western Tennessee. And anyway, it's disappointing, isn't it? Well, Susan, you need to be angry at Todd because he's now changed his name to LeBron Starnes, and he's going to collect his check. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I want my money. <laughs> Show me the money. Susan, thanks for your call. Todd, you know, wrapping it up, do you, do you think yeah. this actually has a chance to, to proceed further? I mean, the state could step in and say, wait a minute, you aren't going to use state and federal dollars for this. So unless the state actually does step in, no, I, I mean, this will, become the, this will become the law of the land in Memphis. So the state is going to have to step in. Look, uh, we have the most incompetent county clerk in all of America, and yet they <laughs> voted for her. She won her reelection bid, uh, and it's strictly because people vote skin color in politics. Yellow Deck, there's a dead lady in the last election, the that state legislature. Right. <laughs> and, and she's been one of the best legislators Memphis she has sent to Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> Lord rest her soul. <laughs> 901-260-5926. You want to jump in with a quick comment to finish this up. You know, the bottom line is this story is not going to go away. Uh, Todd's going to be talking about it on his national show later today. I'm sure Ben will uh, still be talking about it tomorrow. And as people kind of wake up and figure out what the commission did uh, by tomorrow, I'm sure people will have plenty of comments. In the meantime, go to Twitter, to uh, to the Facebook for uh, for Mighty 990, and uh, go to my uh, Twitter at the Gill Report. You can find more links to the stories we talked about today. You have a great Thursday. Ben will be back tomorrow with more to take you into the weekend. You have a great rest of your Thursday.